Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsok. And I'm Joseph Scrimshaw, and this is our News and Cues episode for the week. We'll be talking news and taking some great questions from listeners. I can't wait to talk about both of those things, Ken. 
I can't wait either. I, I always look at the questions and start getting prepared and making some notes. And I love when a good question makes me go, oh my gosh, I don't know. Uh, they did and look so all of your questions are great uh we look forward to those and the news but before we get to all that we want to remind you that today's podcast is brought to you by audible get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash four center over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iphone android kindle or mp3 player all the formats are represented. Uh, before we get on to uh, the news and those cues, we always like to catch up with Star Wars and Life Adventures. Uh, Joseph, I, 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 I want to hear all your adventures. I saw some of your Instagram photos, but I think we should start with, uh, well, quite frankly, sad news, but something we here at Force Center want to acknowledge and pay our respects to, right? That's right. Yeah, we wanted to just uh, mention the passing of Chadwick Boseman. Uh, obviously, Chadwick Boseman uh, never did any Star Wars, sadly, but it does feel like, uh, I, I think for myself, not only the whole sort of Disney family of this modern era of Lucasfilm and Marvel being owned by them, but for me, I think as uh, a person who grew up with comic books and grew up with Star Wars and those things were kind of, uh, they were a uh, accepted, but also made for some social challenges to grow up into this era where all of these pop culture genre things I love are are really the height of popular culture and they're celebrated and they're loved by so many people. Sometimes I, I feel towards all of it like it is all connected. Uh, so even though this is a Star Wars podcast, it felt right to me in my heart to just acknowledge that just a uh, terrible loss. Uh, but also just acknowledging so much of what has been said about him and celebrated about him that I think who he portrayed on the screen and who he clearly was in his real life exemplifies a lot of the things that we talk about in sort of the morality tale part of Star Wars, that somebody who was clearly uh, had talent, had power, and wanted to use it, uh, wanted to share it with the world, and wanted to share it with the world in a way that was positive and inspiring. And as we all learned that he made all of these amazing films, did all of these uh, amazing performances, and then, uh, you know, toured uh, with press uh, junkets and visited uh, suffering people in hospitals and did all of that while he himself uh, was suffering is so selfless, honestly, that there was just, not only his sort of connection to the larger genre world for me and how I feel about it, but also just that I think he as a human clearly exemplified so many of the values that I want to take from Star Wars and from uh, the MCU and from a lot of the other storytelling that I love. So I just wanted to take a moment to both uh, mourn and celebrate him uh, and also wanted to get your thoughts and insights, mm -hmm. Ken. Yeah, uh, first of all, in terms of just acknowledging it here, you're right. We always sometimes, especially me, can look at MCU and we're like, well, I'm more of a Star Wars fan. Without Marvel making those big pictures in the MCU, uh, there is no interest in bringing Star Wars back to life. I, I just don't think that happens uh, or very, it would be very slim chance. So, yes, we are connected as Star Wars fans and Marvel fans and the loves are often shared. So I do consider... Chadwick Boseman, part of, uh, like I said, the Disney family, if, if there could be a corporate family there. <laughs> uh, blown away, saddened like everyone else. Uh, I, I said this a little bit on the Afternoons podcast this, this weekend. Uh, out of uh, First of all, respect to his family and, and friends who, who lost someone. They, they would trade any insights and inspirations just to have them still here without a doubt. But I, I, I will choose to celebrate 
what he has brought. And also, I really think, man, I, I have these kind of beliefs. I do believe, looking at the roles he played and, and the importance of them, uh, Jackie Robinson, uh, Thurgood Marshall, James Brown, a pioneer uh, in his own right, and uh, other great roles within going into Black Panther, who, as you said, Joseph, these characters, these comic book characters in these movies are so big now, they might as well be historical figures. <laughs> For him to get to portray those, I don't think was coincidence. I think he was called to those roles to to explore these very real uh, people uh, who, who went through amazing challenges and trials and obstacles to to make their mark on history. And I think he brought life to them and and then brought life to Black Panther uh, in the way he wanted for the bigger cause. And I, I just don't think that's a coincidence. And to me, I take, I take uh, a joy in hearing and reading all the stories, even with tears in my eye, Kugler's message uh, was, was mm. powerful, but all the little things. And, and even, even like someone like Kugler going, I didn't know, I didn't know. And that was Bozeman's choice to do that. Uh, we'll never really truly know, but I think there's also a little bit of, I have a mission. I have a, a something that I have to put out there in life. And I'm comforted by the fact that he, he is more than his IMDb credits. He, his legacy will continue to grow. We don't know what seven or eight year old watching Black Panther today will, will change the world tomorrow because of the entire team and the entire movie. But that doesn't happen without Bozeman showing up in the other pictures and, and giving Marvel the confidence to be like, yeah, we, we can center a movie around this, this guy. I think that's important and that's where I'll choose to celebrate, but yeah, sad, shocked, uh, like everyone, uh, I was watching a live event Friday night on YouTube when it broke and it just took the, took the, the wind out of the room, um, because everyone just, just got punched. Um, it, it, you know, and actors and people, you know, we're all just humans and this just kind of proves it. But anyways, that, that's kind of where I, I choose to go, Joseph. So uh, what a legacy, what an impact and uh, absolutely uh, love and uh, positive thoughts to his family and those he leaves behind. Yeah, I think a lot of really great thoughts. Uh, and I think the the thing that you said that's really going to stick with me is obviously so much just tragedy and loss and pain right now, particularly for family and those close to him. Uh, but I do in in searching for the the light side uh of tragedy i really look forward to you know however many years from now probably not that many at all when someone else is just blowing the world away and giving interviews and saying yeah no it's it's i'm, I'm here because of chadwick boseman I, yeah. I look forward to feeling the joy of those moments mm, yeah and it'll happen so chadwick boseman uh we salute you in a four center way uh, that said, Joseph, uh, as, as, as tough as the world can be and always has been, but it just seems to be even worse these days. Uh, <laughs> it's always a good, healthy thing to take solace in something wonderfully silly as Star Wars, but uh, amazingly comforting and also just life itself. I start with you, sir, because I looked at your Instagram page this weekend and, and I did my little swing through check and I went, ah, yes, Joseph and Sarah made a right decision this weekend. <laughs> yeah, we went to uh, Descanso Gardens, which is a big, uh, there's the, I don't even know the right word, gardens, gardens is the right word, but it's a big, it's not even a park, it's just a, a rich guy bought up a bunch of land and then said, hey, what if I planted a bunch of awesome stuff and then eventually uh, gave it to, I believe, the county. Uh, anyway, it's, it's basically, it's the woods. It's the woods in town that you can go to and they're selling themed cocktails. Uh, there's a ton of, masks are mandatory, but there's a ton of space. So you can be far away from other people, take your mask down, take a sip. So yeah, it's just great to relax 
uh, in the woods with some gin. Uh, some other friends of mine have been discussing. There's this great art installation right now, too, where they have speakers hidden through a part of the gardens. Mm. Uh, and at different hours, there's this thing that's just been composed that's supposed to be there in the park. And it can be really eerie and fun because you'll just be walking through and you're like, am I so peaceful that I'm hearing random new age music? Like, oh, no, <laughs> that's a speaker. <laughs> uh, but it ranges from really tinkly, really whooshy, new age, relax, you know, uh, retreat into yourself and become the universe kind of thing. But there's some sections that sound a lot like the music uh, during uh, Palpatine's box manipulation scene. <laughs> so I was really enjoying sitting there looking at all the great, beautiful, twisty trees and hearing the ooh, oh, oh. It's so creepy and weird. And like, is Palpatine in the woods? Great. Yeah. Did you turn to Sarah and say, have you ever heard this tragedy? <laughs> next time. Next time. So yeah, that was a great adventure. Uh, how about yourself? Did you? I didn't see any Instagram adventures unless I missed them. What did you I, do? Uh, different podcast, different conversation. I have not posted on Instagram since May, and 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 tend not to till January. Why? I don't know why, Joseph. I don't know why. <laughs> it's just a goal. I just have. Uh, it's it's some self care for myself, but uh, that's a different conversation. But I but I but it's seen it's seen photos like you that go yeah you know it, it it's I love reliving those memories of even just oh yeah that's right in January I was out in the world <laughs> like, mm-hmm. oh in March I was in Vegas um, no uh, busy week and, you know it's it's just you know it, it is what it is you're spinning plates just trying to survive we're all we're all just trying to make uh, make enough ducats to buy uh, some uh, donuts at Seven Eleven and that's what it's been but. Uh, it's it's always nice to just get to pause and enjoy the silly things in life, and, and Grace and I got to do that. And and I uh, I don't encourage this behavior, everyone. I really don't. <laughs> I picked up a new rum, not a new rum. It's Captain Morgan Cannonball Rum that comes in a bottle that's shaped like a cannonball. Joseph, how can you not buy that? Wow. And again, I know this is probably not necessarily new, but I just looked on the shelf at my local liquor store that I always go to, and I was like, what is this? I apparently didn't look at the content of the bottles, uh, what, 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 what it made it. And, um, it is a cannonball to your head. Uh, and, uh, so I ended up having, again, I do not encourage this. I also have uh, friends who are recovering alcoholics, uh, out of respect. I don't encourage crazy drinking. I unintentionally got blitzed. Oh, Saturday really? Night. Did that thing where you're like, I think I am drunk. This was not in the plans. I, I discovered this when I went to, take one of my chihuahuas outside to the bathroom and I almost fell over trying to put her down on the ground. Um, so I say this only cause it was an unintentional form of unhealthy, but self care where I just was able to turn off my mind, Joseph for like 10, 15 minutes and laugh. I and, understand the cannonball snuck up on you. Yes. I don't encourage this, especially you young listeners. Take it from Uncle Ken. Not a good way to live life, especially if you're a comic. But uh, it was one of the only moments this week I was able to turn off my brain, and I appreciated it. So No, that's go. good. I'm glad you got a, a moment of uh, cannonball-inspired. <laughs> cannonball. mm. Yeah, I, I felt like I was hanging out in Jabba's Palace. <laughs> yeah, because some, some of those guys are pretty far gone. Oh, absolutely. I Yeah, you can't tell me Dengar doesn't spend 80% of his time just blitzed. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think that's why he's got the wrapping from accidents he's yeah. had while drinking, you, don't, you know, space you, cannonball rum. You don't choose to become Rothgar Den on a sober. <laughs> All right. we're, we're on to you, Dengar. We'll help you get, 
get to where you need to be. Anyways, I know that was probably the weirdest Star Wars life adventure I've ever shared, but it is true and it's where I'm at. There we go. There we go. All right. Let's get to some Star Wars news that don't involve rum. And as far as we know, news this week. Well, this, we should say, Joseph, was uh, going to be the Star Wars Celebration Week and a lot of great positive memories shared. I don't know. Maybe I could have included that in my Star Wars adventures and not encouraged drinking. But it was it was fun to kind of just re- go back and relive the memories of Chicago or even just Star Wars celebrations in the past. It just was a good good point to to look at it, and and that was a big positive takeaway for the weekend. As we got a lot of news, and and maybe not the news everyone wanted or expected, Joseph, but we got a lot of video games, some toy news, and, and we're going to dive in there. Um, so I don't know. I'll start with that. That's a weird off the off the uh, uh, planned uh, questions there, Joseph. Uh, <laughs> did you did you uh, get lost in little lamentations of celebrations gone? Absolutely. Um, yeah, I forgot about this with my uh, Star Wars adventures. I was too uh, too entranced with uh, hearing Palpatine music in the woods. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, on was it Thursday? Either Thursday or Friday. I wanted to uh, post something of like, oh, it's, I'm sad I'm not at celebration. Uh, I ended up picking a picture of. I took with, uh, I think you probably took it, honestly, mm. of uh, of myself with a great Palpatine cosplayer uh, oh, with yeah. like a, a creepy Palpatine mask. But mm-hmm. no, I scrolled through every one of my photos and, and I have way too many photos. It's obscene. I'm not even going to say how many thousands of photos <laughs> I have on yeah. my phone because I, I don't delete. I, I need to learn to let go of photos. I scrolled yeah. through everything, Ken, from like funny things mm. I saw at the airport to every action figure to both of our hotel rooms <laughs> that you and I stayed at. That's where we had two, yes. <laughs> everything, everything, uh, and had just such a joyful time remembering every aspect of it from uh, being at the panels to looking at the action figures to uh, talking to fans. So, yeah, no, I definitely did have a big trip down memory lane and, yeah. and it was, you know, really wishing that we could be there now, uh, but hopeful for the future. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mourn, mourn conventions do not. Miss them do not. No, uh, no, but it is. It's fun. Yeah, no, I had that too. And then, uh, yeah, it, it, traveling uh, around a convention or just traveling with you is always a little fun because there are all those moments where you'll you'll whip out your phone and take a picture. And you'll be like, what are you taking a picture of? Oh, it's just a, it's like a flag on a wall in a weird way. And you're going to have a great comment about it. Yeah, I know what you mean. You probably get thousands of those. No, a lot of fun. Those are some of the best moments. You and I had a lot of fun at Chicago, a lot of things we we did and accomplished and got to meet a lot of nice people. And it's great to f- meet listeners in person and and feel loved and appreciated. No, no doubt about that. But I think some of my favorite moments are you and me just going around the floor like 12 year olds and sharing, <laughs> maybe making an eye contact like, uh, like, oh, God, do you see that plush Ewok? Or, oh, my gosh, look at that. I didn't haven't seen that since the 80s. Or hearing you say, I, I need to go back over there. There, I, I'm pretty sure this figure and me going, yeah, take a look because I'm going to go stare at this poster I'm not going to buy, but I want. Yeah, those are some of the fun memories where, where you get to just kind of be a Star Wars fan. Yeah, yeah, no, it was absolutely great because it did cover the gamut from, uh, you know, getting to do shows, uh, getting to cover panels to just absolutely being a fan. And all of it yeah. was delightful and it was great fun uh, to yeah. relive. Yeah, and that's more valuable than the news that comes out of the conventions. But we did get some news. GamesCon actually happened uh, virtually this weekend. And the LEGO Skywalker Saga game trailer was released. And also the release date was moved, I'd say quietly, but people know about it. But it was like, look at this trailer. Also, this now comes out in spring. Whatever. That's the sign of the times. A trailer getting a lot of love, Joseph. All over our, our Discord, it was talked about a lot of the Force Center Discord page. Just people loved 
Uh, the lines, images, the music, the porgs. What did this trailer make you feel, sir? Oh, man, it, it, it really hit me hard, uh, I think, for a lot of the reasons that I, that I suspect uh, other fans are being affected by it. Uh, just that even though it's Lego, even though it's comedy, that sense of seeing the whole Skywalker saga together uh, mm. and that music and just that feeling of it is all connected. And I love all of these moments, some of them newer, some of them older. So uh, it affected me from that. Like, it's all connected, the Force theme uh, kind of thing. Um, but then it also really affected me from the perspective of how much I like the Lego comedy of Star Wars because it mm. is, it's, it sometimes pushes the envelope, it, but it's always joyful. It is never mocking. It always feels like, you know how you just kind of in your gut instinctively know uh, like somebody who is in the community or in a family who is lovingly poking fun at something versus yeah. making a snarky joint joke to point out why it sucks. The yeah. Lego jokes, even though even when they're making fun of things that are weird in the movie, like, mm -hmm. you know, they're in, or in the story of Star Wars, like there's the, that shot of uh, uh, Han and Greedo shooting at each other point blank range over the table. Mm. It always feels loving it always feels like we are poking fun at this thing that we love we are not trying to prove to anyone why a mistake was made in the skywalker saga you know yes i very much know that <laughs> <laughs> yes i've grown tired of the snark yeah because we just used to be you know the muppet babies uh, was the first time in hardware wars where i was like i love this thing and i love things kind of mentioning how much they love this thing while also poking at it you know versus uh, the snark that can run rampant. Yeah, and I, I think you're right. That that Greedo Han moment comes to mind. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that um, was my main reaction to it. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Same for me. And 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 good use of the music. Good use of the Rise of Skywalker kind of trailer music. It's interesting because I love uh, I love the art of the trailer and how they've grown and changed over the years. And it's fascinating. I always make the jokes of you know go back and watch the first Pink Panther trailer and there's the announcer going here's David Niven in a very Great scene. Let's watch it now. That's literally kind of what the trailers are. Even the Star Wars one, somewhere in space. This is happening now. Like, I love the art form of trailers and where they are now. But the Star Wars ones are, are I say this respectfully, they're kind of cookie cutter. They've become that in the best way possible. They found something that has worked, and they're always like, let's go back to them. And that allows people, you see, like, the modern trailers. You know, let's do Revenge of the Sith with the modern trailer. I'll stop and watch any one of those because I think they're great. But they follow that format because you know now this December you can bring in that font and the music swells and it's a thing now i it, i love it it's it's like baking a it's like a certain kind of pizza i'm gonna want that every time <laughs> and this trailer with the music and being so familiar in the moments and the beats it really just swept me up it really swept me up and i'm watching this silly little lego thing i'm a lifelong lego fan and collector so i'm there too and i think they've tapped into with the games just a certain brand of humor so it all works. But I got swept up, man, like a lot of folks. Yeah, me too. Absolutely. There is a huge power in starting to see the Skywalker saga all tied together, even when it is a funny, silly Lego version. Yeah. And I wanted to bring that up there specifically, Joseph. What what do, what do you feel about seeing prequel stuff? And then you got Rey and Kylo in Rise of Skywalker, those kind of things. Uh, a shot of like uh, the cockpit, uh, I do believe, with the, like Janna in there and everything. Like, how does that make you feel seeing it all on the table? Yeah, it makes me feel uh, just kind of excited about how all the different ways that you can think about the connections, uh, 
Like, I think there's a voiceover that, you know, we're used to Obi-Wan saying something like that toward Luke, but it's over Ray. But there are all those moments like that that are just really powerful. But then I had this super visceral reaction from a video game perspective of just how much more uh, exploration we get to do of the sequel era. Because there are a couple times where there are scenes where, like, I've played that scene in a video game many different video games thousands of times because it's from the original trilogy or the prequels. And then it cut to a scene from like rise of Skywalker where I've never got to be inside that scene. And it excited me not only that they were connected, but to start to be able to explore the sequel trilogy in the way, in the thorough way that we've culturally, you know, experienced the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy, like uh, toward the end, it's just a really quick cut. It goes from, Obi-Wan and Maul fighting in the Theed power generator, which like I've played that in multiple video games, even in Battlefront 2. And then it cut to Finn riding in Orbach, uh, you know, on the uh, on the Star Destroyer. And like, I love that moment and I haven't got to do it yet. I haven't got to be it yet the same way I have that uh, Theed power generator uh, lightsaber fight a thousand times. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, it's so exciting to get to immerse myself in the new. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you you just tapped into something pretty powerful there because I always uh, give the example of of music. Your favorite uh, artist releases an album and it changes your life and the next one comes out and you go, well, it wasn't good as the last one. It didn't change my life. And then you find out it did because the next album comes out and you go, well, that didn't change my life. Like the last <laughs> one. That's just how we are. It's just how we are. I get it. And a lot of that is be- when it comes off the screen and just kind of permeates into areas of your life and video games for this generation and some of the generations just before is how that happens. I've talked often about big prequel moment for me was playing the original battlefront two on Mustafar and having Padme's ruminations pop up one time while I was playing and me going, Oh my gosh, this is, this is moving me. And it's like 2005 or six, you know? Right. And I, but I, I, I wait, I, I thought I didn't like these movies. Oh man, there's something there, and I I think you're right, and 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 not to boil us down into any sort of uh, defense or hey, if you don't like Rise of Skywalker, you're gonna like it after you play this game. No, no, no. no. But I just think what you're describing because that's one of my favorite moments in the video game trailer is seeing Finn riding a Lego horse. By the way, an Orbach, <laughs> a Lego horse, and I've been have those. I've been purchasing those since 1982 or three, my first castle sets. Like to see that, yeah, you're gonna live that scene, and it's gonna become part of it because you talk about. Phantom Menace going around Theed Palace uh, in Battlefront, even now in Battlefront 2, I get lost. Like, oh, look, there's a picture of uh, Padme. There's a picture of uh, C.O. Bibble. It's just part of, it's just part of the fabric of of my Star Wars love and heart now. So I can't wait. I think that's a great point that you're going to finally be able to pull Rise of Skywalker off the screen and 7 and 8 and play it. Uh, much like as you always wonderfully observe, how many times do you have to learn to take down an at walker? <laughs> had I a, noticed that was not in the trailer, which I was uh, happy about. Yeah, I bet it will. But I, I, yeah. Um, anyways, um, not to go too too far down the path. I just think it's a great point, and that's that's one of the things I loved about this Skywalker Saga trailer. Yeah. Mm. What are some of your highlights? Uh, yeah, so I had two, one for just comedy because it, it went by fast and I had to pause to go, is that what I think it is? Uh, there's a scene with Anakin on uh, Mustafar uh, and being rescued by uh, Palpatine and some stormtroopers and they're reeling up his torso and his legs like on a fishing line. It's like, damn, Lego, that is dark. 
That is dark. There's our R-rated Star Wars right there. Dark. Uh, and then as many people lost their minds. I lost my mind for playable Yaddle. Uh, that oh. was one of those like, oh, man, it's so great uh, to be in the community and see something that's, you know, generally speaking, kind of obscure. Uh, some people probably know, like, what was the weird uh, Lady Yoda? Um, but mm. to know that there are many other people all crying out at once. Enjoy. Mm. Playable Yaddle. <laughs> what a phrase. What an idea. What a world. I'm excited for Playable Yaddle. Love that. Yeah, that's going to be exciting uh, for me. A couple moments, uh, you know, uh, it's a big moment in the trailer, but I, I fell for it. I, the porks, the the how many porks <laughs> does it take to pretend to be a Jedi? Like when the when they flip around, I literally so did funny. I did a <laughs> uh, because I I was expecting Luke to flip around. It was great, great use of just the porks and the moment and and the Lego humor. And then kind of going back to the what we've been talking about the the, the shots of Ray and Kylo fighting on the on the ruins of the Death Star. I can't wait to get my hands on a controller for that sequence. I love that sequence. I love what it ends up being for, you know, the memory of Han and Ray and Leia's sacrifice, all that stuff. But also there's some moments, particularly like my first or second viewing uh, when I'm in the theater, seeing it where, you know, where Ray does the big leap and there's water and then Kylo jumps after. Her. I just was like, this is, this is crazy to watch. Like ten year old me is blown away right now. Just what a great stuff. That when when Kylo jumps and he kind of fades away into the water with the red blade. Oh my gosh, I just love it. And so to do that in Lego form, even if it's just Lego form, I think I almost prefer that it's Lego form. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm excited for that. That was a big thing for me. I'm looking forward to that moment because that it, that shot of of Kylo disappearing uh, into the wave that cuts back to Finn and it's got it's serious, but it's also got that like, well, uh, I guess I can't follow him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I hope they play with that in the Lego version. Yeah, take that path. So that's great. Uh, a lot of stuff there. Uh, yeah, and release date now moved to spring of 2021. Uh, I don't know at this point. Didn't do too big of a research dive on this as to why. Just hey, a lot of things being moved right now, kind of par for the course. And I'm okay with that because uh, later on we'll talk about the other game coming out in October. I just kind of need one game at a time to focus on. <laughs> Absolutely. We are rich with uh, with books and video games right now. Yes. Uh, quick swing to this next story here. Sims 4 gets a new game pack, Journey to Batu, a little trailer, and that Sims fashion. Get ready to explore and live and experience Batu. Ray will be there. Vimarati will be there. Hondo will be there drinking, apparently. And so will Kylo Ren in the dreaded First Order. Uh, and as I said, you can drink there, too, just like you can in Galaxy's Edge. So, uh, Joseph, I know you and I don't play Sims. I played Sims, SimCity 2000 a lot in the mid-90s, but I never transitioned to Sims. I don't think you did, right? No, no, I haven't. And, and I was, in fact, shocked to go like, what? Oh, Sims are this advanced? I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. But it's always fun to have great Star Wars content out. I Even Star Wars and Fortnite, fine for me. Like, I, I, don't, I don't mind it. I don't mind it. I love uh, it. Could, it kind of serves the, the purpose of what you said in the last story of just taking the story and putting it in different areas where it just becomes part of our lives. Um, there is, though, a lot uh, coming out related to Batu, Galaxy's Edge. We've discussed this before. Do you have any other uh, Batu related stuff that you would want, Joseph, that hasn't hasn't been released? And also, keep in mind, we got the Target Trading Post collection just released as well. <laughs> Yeah, no, there's some cool things in that Target uh, trading post collection, and I like that it is uh, becoming a 
part of Target. I like that in this sort of in-between time uh, between, you know, big screen releases that they're really pushing Galaxy's Edge, not just as a place you can visit, but as a sort of a story point in Star Wars. I like that. I think the main thing I want, I'd love anything more lightsaber because I love the whole story of Savvy's uh, lightsaber shop. But mm. the main thing I want is more Vimerati stuff. Uh, mm. I would love a Vimerati action figure. I would love vintage, yep. uh, Black Series, uh, both. Uh, I love that she gets to be highlighted. If they're going to do more storytelling, I would love if there was a sort of a third book in the Phasma Vimerati trilogy mm-hmm. of some oh, yeah. kind. Uh, I could uh, I'll pontificate on that some other time. Uh, but just big, big picture answer is Vimerati. I want more Vi- Vimerati stuff. Yeah, and I know. Look, I, I I think a lot of people are happy that there's a Captain Cardinal Black Series figure. Uh, he's kind of key to the stories. But yeah, Vi Vi missing. Quite frankly, Vi is missing, and and, and that's disappointing. So hopefully more because she is uh, is you know it's a key part of that park. I was looking forward to during my adventures in Galaxy's Edge. I wanted to see Ray, which I did, but I really wanted to find Vi <laughs> and <laughs> and interact as a uh, day drinking forty year old in Star Wars land. <laughs> like hey. Hey, come here. I got some information, uh, sir. This is a Disneyland still. Um, so yeah, I totally am on board with that. And a lot of cool stuff. The plush stuff. I, I do. I, you know, I was raised with stuff, stuffed animals, uh, you know, on my bed as a kid. And I just, I still fall for a good plush, the Ewok plush and, uh, some of those other stuff released, uh, uh you know, are fun. I won't yeah. add them to my collection right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The Ewok plush is great. That was the only thing that really jumped out at me. I really like the emphasis on the Ewok's teeth. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh Yeah. This is what the Ewok uses to eat the stormtroopers. Um, yeah, I think the just wanted to follow up quickly on the Cardinal thing. Uh, like, I realize it's it's great to have Cardinal. I'm happy to have Cardinal. I realize that it's easier with the armor to just do a repaint, and it's <laughs> it's Cardinal now. I mean, I get it, and I am happy for him. But I still hope that Vimerati becomes a priority as more and more uh, people are exposed to her. The other thing that I thought would be at Galaxy's Edge that I do want, I want them to do. A, a a Jedi Master Luke Skywalker uh, as made by Oni Hosaya action figure, the hmm. you know homemade uh, custom build that Oni Hosaya does to tell the story at the end of Last Jedi. I want that Luke. Oh, that'd be great. I mean, could you could do that as a set, right? Yeah, with with yeah, because then with the adats that he's got going or AT ATs, depending on how Oni Hosaya wants to say it. <laughs> Let's ask him. He'll decide. Um, yeah, you know what? That's uh, that's a that's a coffee table item, right there. Yeah, right. It'd be so great, and like they've already kind of explored that because they have the stormtrooper doll that looks like the the weird kind of little wooden block one that Jin mm. has, you know. So they've already got the kind of the toys within the world uh, that you can get at Galaxy's Edge. I want that one. I think that's great. Let's start a hashtag for that too. Uh, release the uh, <laughs> release the a straw figure, Luke. Um, <laughs> There you go. Uh, Sims 4. Uh, we we not, might not be playing it, but it's inspired good conversations about Batu. It is an amazing uh, land. I hope I hope everyone listening at one point in your Star Wars love and life gets to experience it. I know not everyone has uh, or will. Um, so we are uh, honored and, and fortunate to have experienced it ourselves. And we'll, we'll keep trying to share the joy and love with all of you there. But hey, go get Sims 4 and feel like you're there. Uh, Star Wars Squadron. Uh, we had a big reveal at GamesCon. This is some more stuff and some confirmations. A little, uh, I wouldn't say trailer, but like a little vid- video with more information, more gameplay. But Joseph, you know, this, I, I wouldn't say there's anything, for me, there was anything too pers- 
surprising in the gameplay stuff we've always already seen. And for me, the level of gamer that I am, I'm like, your trailers are great, but let me see what, let me see, let me get my hands on it. Let me just play it. Yeah. Um, I want to see that. But there's, there was some great story things there. And you and I love the story of Star Wars. We love how it all fits in. So let's, oh, let's just roll through some of the things here and then talk about the story that's going to be rolling out in Star Wars Squadron. We have uh, ISB spies, Imperial Security Bureau, Bureau spies in the New Republic. This is the scattered remnants of the Imperial having some spies in the New Republic that's going to kind of spur the mission on. We're going to go to Hosnian Prime, which uh, is is very cool. There's a connection to see it. We will hear from Leia probably in the beginning, maybe a prologue, but she has a great speech. And as expected, that was uh, uh, Ray Sloan. We got confirmation yeah. on that and Wedge talking to us there. So those are some big story <laughs> points there. Uh, what do you think about the what we learned there, Justin? Yeah, I like the story element that we're jumping back and forth between the being able to play a New Republic pilots and being able to play the uh, Shattered Empire pilots because I think that's a great way to get into the, that element of Star Wars uh, storytelling and themes of different points of view that I love. To, that we'll be able to kind of see like, well, here's what's going on and here's the two different perspectives. And I think this era of the empire and Ray Sloan is such a fascinating thing that you and I have talked about that my opinion, my take is yes, the empire is entirely evil because it is directed by uh Sheev, by Darth Sidious, by somebody who wants to spread pain and chaos. But then there are people like Ray Sloan who st- see this ideal of like, well, in organized orderly society, you know, maybe really provides for people a little bit better. So this era of storytelling, like, like in Alphabet Squadron, where there are those loyalists who, who kind of realize, oh, wait a minute, maybe we supported some truly unforgivable, awful things, but maybe there's something worth saving there. And I'm hoping that the story gets into that juicy perspective of people in the Empire who are maybe still loyal to their wingmates or loyal to what the empire could be in the future, but also realizing like, Oh wait, <laughs> I was yeah. manipulated into committing atrocities. So we can get, uh, I always want to be careful when talking about point of view. Cause I'm not big into like the empire was actually right, but I am into individual mm-hmm. humans realizing their place in this machinery of evil that Darcidius put into place. Yeah. 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 I, I'm with you. And I think how, I'm not. Ex- I, I'm not expecting the um, great Ray Sloan think piece that I want in terms of <laughs> storytelling. I, I think she's just going to be around the story, right? Driving you, driving these missions, sending you on things. Um, but who knows? Who knows? We'll see. But how they handle Ray Sloan, I'll be watching. I think a lot of people will be watching to keep it true to what her perspective is, which is a leader of the Empire, uh, like you say. But uh, coming to the realization that this is not the empire she envisioned or her empire indeed, and maybe getting a chance to do that in her own way. Like I, I want to see some of those connective threads because the clip, the clip we have in this particular trailer is pretty good, but she's, she's pretty forceful, right. And destroy, destroy the rebels type of new Republic <laughs> type of vibe, which is, which is in line with it. I'm not saying it's out of line. I'm just, I'll be watching because this is an important character to me and to a lot yeah. of people. Yeah, so absolutely. We're super excited that she's there. Let's see what they do. So, uh, but I have confidence. I really have a lot of confidence. Uh, the wedge thing was just kind of fun. I don't know. Wedge is um, wedge is a great character. I, I even I still go back to some of the uh, Zon stuff in the Air to the Empire trilogy of just how he just kind of he's just kind of hey I'm Wedge. I'm a kind of a bad second in a spy situation, but I'm a great pilot. Uh, I just and, and how Wendig presented him in aftermath. I just kind of like him. Um, and having pop back and Rise Skywalker meant a lot. 
So I love this. It ties to the old Rogue Squadron stuff. I didn't really read or play those games as much as other people do, but I get it and I got it. And this is that vibe and they're going for that. So it's just, it's cool that Wedge is there. Yeah, absolutely. I played the hell out of those uh, Rogue Squadron games on uh, on the old N64 uh, So I'm and, and the GameCube. Uh, so I'm super excited for that. Uh, I did the Hosnian Prime thing I'm really interested in because there is a little bit of canon uh I, I don't know i'm i'm excited for the canon clarity because shandrilla during the battle of jakku is still uh, possibly they're talking about moving it but it's still where the new republic is emerging so that yeah. kind of exactly when did they move their main base of operations from shandrilla to uh Hosnian prime or did they split <laughs> that that's like just a very pedantic little ooh fun new canon information about how all that worked yeah, I, I think uh, clarification is a great way to look at it because that was I did have that thought too because they do kind of refer to it as the capital, right? I gotta I gotta I'll double check that moment, but yeah, that's not the case in aftermath, right? So, uh, but the nice thing is these game the game developers and the game writers, especially with Project Starhawk and all that kind of stuff, you know, they definitely been paying attention. So getting oh, yeah. what yeah yeah getting what you're saying, Joseph, is like clarification, and that's that's a fun thing I'm looking forward to, and it was just cool to see Hosnian Prime. You know, just uh, in the story. I love those connections. Yeah. And it, I love the idea that maybe, you know, you by playing a video game, protecting it, you know, you will feel that pang even more the next time you watch The Force Awakens. And it won't just be random plan. It'll be like, I worked so hard to defend that. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, uh, you know, uh, the future Chancellor Vilchem will be there. To, uh, maybe he'll be an aide, a top aide. Oh, yeah. Junior Senator Vilchem. I would love that. <laughs> That's the Star Wars story we need. Yeah. Can I, can I share one other moment I liked? Oh, yeah, please do. Yeah. the uh, I'm ex- always excited to see Hera, but I just, that one clip of her here, I think she said, I need you focused and ready. Like, I might cue that up to listen every morning. Like, that got me to, like, sit up straight and go, I need to do my work today. <laughs> we need to have that clipped out. Made it made into a four center official tone. <laughs> no, it's great. Yeah, Hera's great too. She's all over this era of storytelling, and, and I do love it there too. Game is still being released October 2nd. No move on that. That, my friends, is right around the corner. Oh my gosh. As someone who woke up today and went, Oh, it's the last day of August. Ah, got it. And we're releasing this on the first day of September. Oh boy, time she flies. So the game will be right here. Joseph will be diving in there. Any uh, any changes uh, to your early thoughts on the game, anticipation wise, or what you're looking forward to? Anything changing, or is just kind of confirm? Like, hey, put it in my hands. Yeah, I think you know, seeing this trailer again probably confirmed for me that uh, I'm enough of a gamer that I'm looking forward to flying around and blowing things up. But I think what I'm most excited about is playing through it to experience the story. And I think it just this trailer really reinforced that for me. Yeah, I agree. Looking forward to seeing what they. Put out because the, the Battlefront 2 storyline, one of my favorites, I really love it. Fallen Order has got some, uh, well, I wasn't as a huge fan of the game as other people. The story's got some great stuff in it. I understand people having powerful, powerful connections and reactions to that story. So they've been, they've been pretty good at this. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, I think the game, especially Battlefront 2, took some hits. They're pretty good at putting some cool story stuff out there. All right. Final uh, little uh, little uh, blip of a news thing. And and look, I, even as we're recording, there's some more toy information. You can get some of the Celebration exclusives now uh, on the general store. Over the weekend, it was ticket holders of, of Star Wars Celebration. A lot of that stuff out there. There's some cool things. Bob means, Joseph, if there's something out there you want to talk about, we can toss it in here. But the final big thing, 
at least for me, was uh, this uh, was going to be a European convention exclusive. We all get it now, at least on October 1st here in the U.S. For us, Cad Bane and Toto 360 exclusive two-pack. Cad Bane. This is the Black Series Rebel. Uh, Black Series Rebels. That's our friends Alex and Steve. Black Series figures. Uh, <laughs> this is the Black Series figure. Uh, a lot of people have been wanting this one. We finally get it. It looks great. Oh, there's a lot of points of articulation. That's valuable. And then Toto, the droid. Uh, what do you think about this uh, figure, Joseph? Just first, the existence of it. Oh, I'm very happy for it because I like Cad Bane. I really like Cad Bane a lot, but then I know there are other people who love Cad Bane, so I'm happy for myself. And I know for other people, this is, uh, you know, a huge Cad Bane dream come true. <laughs> very. What is your Cad Bane dream? What, <laughs> what do we like and or love? Uh, you're right. There's different levels of appreciation. But I think in general, he's one of the more appreciated characters across the board. What do we like or love about Cad Bane in the Star Wars story? I think he was just one of the bounty hunters, like, uh, depending on, you know, when you grew up, you liked uh, Boba Fett or Bosk or Dengar, you're fascinated with what's possibly the deal with IG-88. Um, if you grew up with the prequels, you got a little bit more bounty hunter on screen uh, from Django Fett or the, you know, the bounty hunter video game. But in the Clone Wars animated series, like, Cad Bane is one of those bounty hunters that we finally really just got to see a cool, badass bounty hunter go bounty hunt and like actually do a bunch of different missions. I think the Western vibe uh, combined with the space fantasy of Star Wars, the hat, the voice, uh, the space toothpick, everything mm -hmm. is just, he is just cool. He's kind of like what I think draws us to bounty hunters, just a cool badass who seems to be amoral, but a little bit of a man of mystery. We're not really going to know the full truth about him. And, then on top of all that that he is in this era and he's like jedi are not as big a deal as they think they are and he seems to have a little bit of a grudge against them and he's really equipped to deal with them and we get to see that uh and you know he's really you know taking the uh the wind out of the jedi and out of their pomposity like all that combines to just make a really cool interesting character even though we don't know a ton about him and that adds to his mystique yeah a lot of mystique there and for me uh stuff I've kind of said before, I've been written before, just like, I am convinced that this, I, I can't believe, I, let, me, let me start over here. I, I can't believe this character worked, if I'm being honest. If you look at the design, which I look at and go, yeah, cool design. But if you look at it, the wide-brimmed cowboy hat, he's a Clint Eastwood movie, come to he's a spaghetti western in Star Wars, even down to his blasters and the duster. And, I, you know, I love my Red Dead Redemption 2 and Young Guns. Whether you consider those westerns or not, I don't care. But I love that <laughs> stuff, right? I love it. And to have him show up in Star Wars with a space toothpick, even like you come on, like there's like, what are you doing? Like, you, are you joking? <laughs> you just just totally just he's a cowboy bounty. I like ah, he's an outlaw bounty hunter and it works. Corey Burton brings great life to this character. And when he shows up and you and I are doing the chronological rewatch of Clone Wars, which is a little different. But when he shows up in the actual show, the way they did it when it was aired, he shows up, you're in the middle of the, he brings his deadly edge to this show that even though from the get-go, Clone Wars was already saying, like, we've got some serious things we're dealing with, it was, it kind of made you stand up and pay attention and go, whoa, he's killing people, he's taking people hostage, we got some, we got some bounty hunting, like you said, we got some serious stuff. Not that it's all about being gritty and all that kind of stuff, but it does fall into that bucket, and so it, it, I, I really like that. Uh, I, I am a big Cad Bane fan and, and don't know. And it, and it might be Joseph to what you said. We, I just don't know. 
a lot. Uh, there's some story there, there's some layers, and it's just one of those things where all the pieces kind of added up to something wonderful. That said, I have no room at the inn for this figure. <laughs> yeah, I, I need to think uh, carefully about shelf space and whether or not uh, Cad Bane will uh, will have that honor. Uh, he has many honors, but uh, but whether or not I can take the shelf space, I love what you're saying. He he, I, maybe that is what's so great about him. He shouldn't work, but he does because you're right. He is just Clint Eastwood combined with an alien that landed at Area 51 allegedly. Like I love <laughs> the Duros, right? But the Duros are kind of just like they're the Star Wars version of like the stereotypical i was abducted by an alien oh no that was yeah. a duros <laughs> actually cad bane <laughs> i had an assignment to pick you up that's what happened yeah is it a gray no it's a duros oh okay uh yeah i i, I think yeah there you go well cad bane exists any other 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 toys kind of released this morning or anything that grabs your attention joseph i don't know there was a wampa i saw but i haven't i haven't dug too deep yeah, no, I didn't get it. I looked at some of the celebration stuff and and the same things. Like, there's some really great, really awesome stuff. But uh, in, in the great battle of how much do I love it, how much do I have shelf space, nothing I needed. So uh, happy yeah. to discuss it uh, down the line, but nothing else I needed to discuss today. Yeah, and coming September 25th and 26th, Has, Hasbro PulseCon, a two-day virtual event. So we'll be covering all the toy news that no doubt come out uh, then. So uh, that is our look at Star Wars news for now. Yes, we we are waiting the trailer, the trailer, capital T, capital T. Uh, we're waiting for it, uh, but we are going to discuss it when it comes out, and we can't wait for that. Um, before we move on, we're going to take a quick break and reset. But before we do that, we'll have our Force Center recommends an audiobook we think you should try out on us, Joseph. That's right. We are recommending Thrawn Ascendancy, colon, Chaos Rising by Timothy Zahn. Uh, we will be digging in to discuss this first book in a new Thrawn trilogy soon. So make sure that you're uh, all caught up by getting this audiobook. And we are going to be giving you all some time to do that. The review not quite coming. Download your free audiobook today at audibletrial.com slash center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash center. Your free audio book, though uh, that book is sitting on my coffee table right now where I want that straw figure look. All right, <laughs> we are going to be uh, taking a quick break on the other side. Some great questions from all of you here at Force. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, Four Center friends, make sure you're keeping up to date on all the great content from Jennifer Landa. Whether it's YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok, you whippersnappers, Four Center's own Jennifer Landa continues to bring you fun, informative, and insightful laughs and moments. Also, Jennifer brings her experience and perspective as a Star Wars-loving mother to her DIY projects, blogs, and more. So be sure to head on over to JennyLanda.com. That's J-E-N-I-L-A-N-D-A.com for articles like how to make your own Darth Maul sneakers or 10 unique Star Wars baby gift ideas. Follow Jen on Twitter and Instagram at JenniferLanda and on TikTok as JenniferLanda1138. Hey, Four Center fans, don't forget, Four Center is on YouTube. Head over there to catch up with our new show, Star Wars Show and Tell. Joseph, Jennifer, Ken, and special guests sit down and share favorite items from their own Star Wars memorabilia collections. Plus, there's the In Memoriam video series, encore presentations of Databank Brawl, and special programming all there for you, and more shows on the way. It's Four Center on YouTube. Check it out. Center, episode 249 in an ongoing series about Star Wars. Yes. <laughs> yes. 
is just one of the shows. The main show, the superstar destroyer of our fleet. Joseph, I, 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 every Friday I try to go back uh, over my cups of coffee to fix older episodes that might be broken in uh, the big switch over. We, we did last year. We lost some episodes. I'm trying to fix them. And as always, if you if you go back and listen to an old episode and it cuts off, just, hey, let us know or something so I can go focus on that episode. Anyways, point being, point being, we have done, uh, we're coming up on a, like over 800 to, we're in the eight, almost approaching a thousand total broadcasts. It's crazy. My hey. goodness. <laughs> I was going back and listening to some of the early ones, which my old cheaper mics, my old different settings, you and I broadcasting uh, literally over a box in my room at my old apartment. <laughs> Our, uh, my, our growth, uh, particularly just focus on some of my growth as fan. It's all there. It's exciting. It's fun. And we can't thank all of you for uh, helping us or being here. Uh, at whatever point you join the circus, man, we appreciate you supporting us. Uh, we've uh, got questions from those wonderful uh, members of our listening audience today, Joseph. That's right. We always uh, get questions uh, from both social media and from our patrons on Patreon. We're going to go to Twitter first. Long time listener and uh, great question asker. We're starting with from Twitter, Yuval Azlar. Uh, and Yuval asks, uh, he says, Jedi Temple Challenge made me think about the Jedi Trials. In story, we still don't really know what they include. We saw their essence in stories like Cal Kestis, Ezra Bridger, Luke, and even Ahsoka in a way. Would you like to see in any form what are the official trials or leave them as a mystery? This is a great question. This is one of those. This is why I'm so glad that I do a Star Wars podcast with you after all these years, because this is the kind of thing I'll just wonder about and think about while I'm brushing my teeth anyway. So instead, I get to have a discussion with other human beings about it. Uh, this is great. I, I uh, double checked. And yeah, right now in modern canon, there is no official answer to what the official trials are. Uh, we first heard about them in The Phantom Menace when uh, Qui-Gon says that uh, Obi-Wan's got some rough edges, but he is ready to take the trials. Uh, that's been reinforced a couple different times that there are some sort of official tests, official trials that Jedi can go through, but all the Jedi that we get to spend time with end up having a surprise trial. Uh, Obi-Wan's defeat of Phantom Menace, uh, of Phantom Menace, of, uh, of Darth Maul in Phantom Menace. <laughs> Obi-Wan did not defeat the Phantom Menace, sadly. Uh, but Obi-Wan's defeat of Darth Maul in the Phantom Menace is seen as his trial, which is why he's elevated uh, to a knight at the end of the movie. Um, Ahsoka, when she is uh, put on trial in the Clone Wars, and the Jedi have the, whoops, that was our bad. By the way, that's we think that's your Jedi trial. Um, this is a very interesting Jedi idea that, well, we have these official trials, but we're trying to be open and flowing. So sometimes life events happen, and that is your organic trial that happened. Uh, but we don't know the official ones. So, Ken, how do you feel about this? Do you want to know the official trials? Do you want to see them in a story? Or do you like them being a mystery? Yeah, because... <sighs> Yeah, 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 and I even knew this question was coming, and I'm thinking of more things as I'm going on. First of all, I'm laughing because that's still one of my, and even though it's a tremendously, tremendously serious arc, just Plo Koon and their other Jedi going, Ahsoka, how would you like to use that as your trial? <laughs> Congratulations, <laughs> you passed. Still a great moment. Uh, uh, it really is just, it's just so dark. Like, we let you down so bad, but we got you a car for graduation. <laughs> Sorry, I've missed all your Christmases. Here's a tricycle. Yes. Um, 
I love that. Uh, I know in the original, the the the, the Tartakovsky Clone Wars, you got a little bit of Anakin on, in some of his trials. Rider is at least uh, you know some great stuff there. But that yeah. was again a, a a story of you encountered something that is yeah. clearly that was the will of the Force that was meant to be your trial. So we won't have you take this set of standard tests. Standard trials, right? So there you go. So. Yeah, I think I do. I'm using this opportunity to pitch my Disney Plus show, Kelleran Beck and the Jedi Trials, <laughs> uh, a scripted show about him taking some young Padawans through their trials uh, or some Padawans who are, are a little bit older and ready to take the trials. I, I, I would really sincerely love that. So, uh, yeah, I think I would. Yeah, um, getting all those answers sometimes is it's not what you want. I do like that it's kind of a mystery. Like, is it is part of the test written? <laughs> is it like <laughs> Will Smith and the first men in black just trying to fill out that paper on uncomfortably on that chair? Is that part of the trials? Is what is it? Yeah. Uh, we're the best, the best of the best, sir. I want that. Um, so yeah, I, I'm open to it. And and High Republic could be a good way to show it. Ooh, yeah. That and I think that is a good possibility. Yeah. But I love the idea that there it's the Jedi SATs. Uh you take your, your written exam, your oral exam, uh, you confront your fear and you kick some ass with a lightsaber. <laughs> You're a Jedi now. Um I think the reason that I'm really open to seeing them is because we've seen other or heard about other rituals at different stages on the path to becoming a Jedi. And I don't think they have taken any of the mystery away for me it hasn't become like too boring and predictable like uh the gathering arc in the clone wars uh where we see more about how uh the young padawans go to ilum and you know learn about themselves by finding the crystal that calls them and have to overcome uh the thing that is bothering them that for me did not like make lightsabers less mystical or fun in fact the opposite it was really cool i believe we heard about some padawan trials of uh of young uh of younglings trying to make, take that next step into becoming a Jedi's Padawan in the Dooku Jedi Lost uh audio story audio drama and that didn't ruin anything for me um mm. so I feel like there is a way to tell the story of the Jedi trials without you know as we were just joking without making them feel like oh you're just filling out your application for grad school you know <laughs> um and I think I would be interested in High Republic telling that story. I would be interested in a random one-off book or animated show that's, you know, a Jedi and a Padawan in the era, the general prequel era, and just really a story that is about the trials of like, uh, yeah. maybe you know, that'd be it, would, it wouldn't even be too cheeky for me to have like a Jedi be like, I've heard of all these Jedi who had a surprise trial. You know, are, are they kind of like, are they jealous of Obi-Wan? Like <laughs> that mm-hmm. he had this real world experience and there's a handful mm-hmm. of Jedi who had this real world experience and they were judged to be their trial and then they didn't have to do the trials, you know, and uh, a young Padawan hoping for that to be their experience, but they end up having to do the trials. I think that would be neat. Um, mm-hmm. And the other thing for me is because the Gennady Tartofsky stuff is not uh, canon, I I would really love to have a story about Anakin's Jedi trials. Yeah, that's that's that'd be that'd be great. And follow me on this. I absolutely think the Jedi trials, as you described them, are, are real. There's something set. There's something there that's in the Jedi Order that that everyone goes through or intends to go through or has to go through. But I love the idea that maybe the Force is like. Nah, a pox on your trials. The true child trials are are what life gives you. And uh, that every Padawan thinks they're going to go to the trials, but before they do, something horrible happens or something challenge happens. And at the end of it, 
You're like, well, guess what? That was your actual trial. I don't even have to take the test. No, the force wanted to teach you this way. I don't know. I could follow that path. Too. Yeah. A funny thing happened on the way to the Jedi trials. Yeah. That's the book. That's, <laughs> That's the book. And I do love just the uh, last thing I have to say about it is I love that it is something that has continued. I feel like in uh, Return of the Jedi, when uh, Yoda is telling Luke that he has to face Vader again uh, before he becomes a Jedi. That's a real, you know, improvised but honest but truthful. You have to confront uh, your greatest fear. I think when Luke is telling uh, Ray that she really does need to go to Exegol and, and confront her fear, I think that's Ray's Jedi trial. Um, great stuff, as uh, as you've all said, with uh, Cal Kestis and with uh, Kanan Jarrus and Rebels and all sorts of great stories. I love how consistent that is of even when the Jedi Order isn't, you know, really formalized anymore, that there are still that that's still a necessary step to be considered a Jedi Knight as you really have to face, most importantly, you know, your fear and pass through a challenge where you're not being held back by your fear. Mm. Yeah, I like that. That's my answer. <laughs> we got a bunch of answers. So thanks for the great question. We're going to move on to a question from another Star Wars podcast. Thank you for sending it in. This comes from Radio Rebellion, a Star Wars podcast. I love the clarity in the Twitter handle, so there's a no ambiguity there. So uh, thank you for uh, sending that in. And the question from Radio Rebellion is, favorite reprogrammed Imperial droid, I2O or K2SO? Uh, I think most people know K2SO. For those people who have not read the Alphabet Squadron books, ITO is a reprogrammed interrogation droid or mind probe, as it was called back in A New Hope, a torture droid that has been reprogrammed to be a therapy counseling droid. So, Ken, where do you land on this? Do you have a preference between the two? Well, first of all, I would have thought Radio Rebellion was just uh, a podcast every week about Elvis Costello's Radio Radio song. That's what I would. <laughs> um, now, glad to have them uh, listening and on board. I, yeah, I, you know what? I still, I'm going to say my easy answer is K2. I really do love K2. I love what he does. I love the sacrifice. It pulls on my heartstrings. And I think it's just funny. I think, I think it was um, in, in, a, in a Star Wars world where there's always some kind of quirky droid. And I, I don't mean that cynically or sarcastically. Just It's just part of what happens a lot in these stories. K2 still stands tall for me. But I am wonderfully creeped out by ITO. <laughs> that makes sense, especially in the last book. I, 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 and so it's, he's, it or that droid is growing on me. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm the same way. I don't think I can actually pick a favorite between the two because they work so well in their given mediums. Like there's a part of me that that wants to have a knee jerk reaction and say I2O, but I think the things I love about ITO, ITO are because uh, the way the character is explored in a book that you wouldn't necessarily fully get in a movie. Uh, I love K2SO's snark. I love that he is a droid that is a snark with heart that he does seem, even though he's been reprogrammed himself, that he does seem to care about and worry about uh, Cassian. Uh, and I love that he doesn't just have this sudden uh, change of heart for Jin, that, but that he recognizes that uh, her randomness is sometimes, you know, something that can be looked up to the way he's so honored when she gives him the blaster. I think that's a great moment. And then, you know, really feel it when the light goes out in poor K2SO's eyes. So I do love him. But I, ITO is is so fascinating to me on a couple levels. One, just like, that's from the original film, right? And the mind probe uh, at that time was like, that's kind of a, a one of the many generic things that um, 
that uh, Lucas pulled into Star Wars uh, and made not generic by the way it was executed. Uh, Mind Probe, I was just watching an old uh, Doctor Who episode that came out years before A New Hope, and there's a mind probe in there. You know, I'm sure there's a million (laughs) weird, dusty science fiction books that have a mind probe of some kind. Uh, And then the mind probe is also one of those things that always uh, strikes me as people would be, many people would be so upset with a floating space ball that has an earth syringe (laughs) on the side, right? Yes. Uh, talking about now, yeah, yeah, but back then it was just cool, cool. So I feel like it's something that could the mind probe could have maybe not stood the test of time. And I like when the books go back and sort of um make something that maybe wasn't going to stand the test of time really different and cool and scary. And, and there's books have been doing that for years. And I think yeah. Splinter of the Mind's Eye has a bunch of stuff about how awful that torture was from that horrible little death ball. Um, but ITO, you know, takes it to this next level for me. Yeah, yeah, it, it's uh, well said on the idea of just like going back and, and recontextualizing and repurposing something and adding new meanings. And again, the fact that it's now used for more ther- yeah, therapy versus what it was originally intended for. It's, it's a great little story around this droid. Uh, a great little story, like it's this cute little thing. Um, yeah, so I, I'm there on that. I, I do love that a lot. But yeah, I, I think... It, it, it it's two mediums. It's not exactly apples oranges, but it's, you know, I don't know if this ITO could work in a film. Wouldn't have worked in Rogue One, right? It would have been like, well, this little ball's just floating around. I don't know. So <laughs> that's why I decided to, to side with the K2 in this one. But yeah, I, I it's creepy. It's creepy and it works. I thought it was really effective. Yeah, yeah. And, and the, I think what's the most cool about ITO to me is that there's this terrifying connection between being a torture droid and a therapy droid in that it, both of their jobs are to elicit truthful answers. Yeah. <laughs> but one is in the most cruel, vicious way possible. And one in theory is let's unearth your trauma so you can deal with it and move forward. And the fact that the droid still is kind of doing the same job, trying to get answers, but in different ways, uh, is really frightening and intriguing. And, you know, the, my favorite passage really uh, in in one of my favorite passages in Al- Alphabet Squadron is when the something makes uh, I- ITO mad in his <laughs> his little syringe shakes. And like, I think <laughs> in a movie that might look you, that might be hard to execute. But in a book, it's terrifying and beautiful. Exactly. So there we go, Radio Rebellion. We like them both, uh, but uh, for different reasons. We're going to move on to our questions from uh, patrons on Patreon. First up, we have a question from Will Culbertson. Uh, Will says, as their library of live action and animated Disney Plus shows continues to grow, do you think Lucasfilm would ever consider reinventing the Star Wars holiday special so that instead of doing a quirky variety show, they would take a cue from Doctor Who and drop a special episode of one of their streaming shows on Christmas Day. They could even play around with the Christmas present concept and not reveal which series was getting a special episode until Christmas morning. So uh, this is great. I think uh, that Will sent this in before there was the announcement of the Lego special uh, Life Day. Uh, right. But that's, that's Lego, right? That's still leaning yeah. into the this is outside of uh, outside, outside of the norm this is uh, probably going to have some jokes about variety show and I think uh, what Will is saying being a fan of Doctor Who uh, the for those who don't know it's been a long tradition of the new series that uh, the season will end there'll be about 10 episodes and then you'll have a, an adventure that is broadcast on 
Christmas Day. Uh, lately, it's been New Year's Day instead. And sometimes it'll be all in, like it's evil uh, Christmas tree robots uh, that are trying to kill uh, the doctor and his companions. And other times it'll just be kind of an adventure that happens at Christmas or it'll be a riff on a Christmas carol. But it's it's sometimes they're one offs. Sometimes they're actually really big, important episodes in the story of Doctor Who. But there's just this communal feeling of it drops on Christmas Day. And that's a part of the tradition for fans, you know, regardless of how much you actually celebrate Christmas, that you can look forward to that day to like a very special episode of Doctor Who. So I think the spirit of that of Will saying like, what if it wasn't like supposed to be cute or a variety show, but it was just on Christmas Day, a one off special of Mando and the Child celebrate Life Day without being cute or weird. Right. But it's a sincere episode. What would that be like? I, 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 against maybe even what I would have thought I would have answered a while ago. I I'm, I'm in on this idea. I, in the spirit of what you're describing it and what I think uh, Will's going for Amanda and the child as an example, it, I don't know, it, it, you know, those kind of holiday shows, uh, every sitcoms had one or, you know, a script, there's always that one where, Oh, it's snowing in our city. I don't know what it tugs <laughs> on your heartstrings and it's, powerful or it's mystical uh there's a odd reference to make it right now but there's a real weird uh, weirdly powerful touching one with uh, the show my so-called life with juliana hatfield the rock and roll star at the time coming in playing an angel like there's i so i i, I i'm i'm kind of in on that and, and if you would do it in a, a sincere way and no itchy watching you know Diane Carroll's thing. I, you know, I don't know. Hey, maybe not. Uh, maybe that could work. No, no, no life day song needed. I, I think going to the spirit of the season again, like you said, Joseph, regardless of how much you celebrate or what you celebrate during that time, or if you celebrate at all, the spirit of the season uh, could be present in some Star Wars stories. I, you know, do I think it's going to happen? No, but I, I, I'd be open to it. I want my, I want my Star Wars holiday heartstrings pulled. Yeah. Yeah. So what would you, of the existing shows or shows that we know are coming, what, what grabs you? I mean, Life Day has been mentioned already in The Mandalorian. Would you be interested in, you know, The Mandalorian has a job on some planet that celebrates Life Day and that, you know, that contrast of like, I gotta do my job, but I have to be respectful to, uh, the beliefs of these people I'm with or, you know, Cassian, that's extra horrible. Like I need to spy on these, uh, (laughs) these Imperials, uh, but also I'm on this planet that celebrates this day and I have to reflect on what it means in the midst of this horror. Like what grabs you? Could you, yeah. Like Cassian spying on like an Imperial officer and it's like Imperial officer goes home to his family. Oh, (laughs) like a, uh, like a Christmas Carol. Oh, that'd be, that'd be tough. I, I think the, the the Mando one's good if you have found family and you know uh, Cara Dune has to like all right let's let's wrap gifts let's uh, you know here here the child here's a part of the joystick of the uh, ship here, here you go <laughs> thing that can be sweet like Kenobi having to celebrate something by himself and just knowing what he's there for and he can't you know he leaves a he leaves a gift as as we know he's done from the from a certain point of view thing. Um, you know, sometimes is, is considered loose cannon. Uh, you know, he does that leaving little carved gifts for Luke and Baru's like, great. And no one's like, get the F out of here. Uh, if you could tie that into uh, Obi-Wan as Santa Claus work. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. The, yeah. I would be happy to just have that expanded of Obi-Wan's, you know, adventure, finding some uh, material to whittle into a, 
Yeah, spaceship. Could, could, could you, could you imagine like, all right, you cast a young Luke, he's eight or nine and he's down at Tatooine elementary school telling his friends and, and you know, ah, there's no such thing as, as space claws. And then he gets such starts, starts these gifts start showing up leading up to life day. And he starts believing, he starts believing in hope and, and things outside of his comprehension. And it's really Obi-Wan whittling in the, in the hut and leaving these secret gifts for him. And start snowing on Tatooine. I'm, I'm okay with it. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean it's it's so great because you could easily do it with a, a light sense of humor, but it's also like you know you're talking about the long tradition of different television shows doing uh, Christmas or holiday specials, and you know yeah. uh, a lot of times from a kind of larger secular perspective and, and I mean no disrespect to anybody uh, with specific beliefs, but just that that larger secular idea of the holidays are this time where no matter how much crisis or chaos or anger or combat is going on that it's a time that everybody kind of has this external event to stop and and remember the idea of being kind and uh, selfless and the power of giving someone else a gift like that could easily tip into something cheesy but if you played it right and you had a character on a planet that had a tradition like that like no matter what other horror is going on, we stop to like respect one another on this day and have a character have to go through that and go like, how do I, you know, is this a great opportunity to reconnect with my humanity or is it just, you know, this struggle to be like, well, yeah, but tomorrow, today's life bait, but tomorrow we're back to shooting at each other. I think you could do it. And, and, and just, yeah, I think you could. Will they? No. Could they? <laughs> Should they? Should we have the moment of Palpatine sitting on his throne? Simalu, come in here. I got you something. Oh, thanks, Bob. Yeah, and then the uh, the royal guards are waiting, and he's leave us, leave us. Uh, did you? And then that royal guard goes home. Honey, did you get a Christmas bonus? No, no, it was just the Ronto Jelly of the Month Club. <laughs> Ronto Jelly of the Month Club. There we go. There we go. I'd like your your definitive answer. Could it work? Yes. Will they do it? No. <laughs> I think we might have to wait for a while, but I think it's a great idea, Will Gobertson, and we'll see. I think how popular the uh, Lego Life Day special is, and and see if that changes some hearts. Uh, we're going to move on to our final question from a longtime listener and great question asker, Kai Thatch. Kai asks, uh, let's imagine that the Clone Wars theatrical release was the first film in a trilogy and that the final arc of season seven was the final film in said trilogy. What other arc from the Clone Wars do you think could serve as the middle film? Wow. I love this question and I hate it because it's so hard. This is the one that I had to start jotting down some notes and I, I still don't think I have the right answer. Yeah. I think I have an answer of what it, what it, uh, I, I don't like words like should, but I think the answer that like, uh, structurally narratively makes the most sense to me. Uh, but then I have other ones that I would want it to be. So yeah. uh, Ken, why, why don't you start? What, what are you thinking? What are you wrestling with? So if we got the start of the war basically going on with, the what we get in the clone wars, theatrical release you know not the hard hard start but we're in the beginning stages and then we end with how it all wraps up right i want some stuff in the middle but i want to i want to transition from clones fighting 
to what we get at the end and, and the order 66 and Rex and all that stuff. So I, I definitely want the fives and top arc from season six in there. Ooh. That's the Lucas, uh, written, um, you know, chip and fives does the investigation, but I want to cheat. I want to cheat Kai. And I want to interwove, uh, interweave and have interwoven into that the Mortis arc, which I, I know that's probably a, uh, an arc people go to a lot. But I, I think in terms of, of Anakin, there's a lot about Anakin's fall I'd want to get to moments, Rush Clovis and all that kind of stuff. I think of the Tarkin uh, rescuing Tarkin and the conversations there. There's a lot of those little things I'd love to see in there. But if you could cut back to some mystical, magical chosen one prophecy kind of stuff. Uh, I, I I could live that, but then again, I'm thinking yeah, Ahsoka the getting, leaving the Jedi Order. Ah, oh, God, can we have? Can this be a forlogy? <laughs> yeah, this is one of these Douglas Adams trilogies that has more than three in yeah. it, right? The increasingly inaccurately named trilogy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's some great wrestling. Um, I think for me, there's that part of like, well, what do I want? Just as a fan, uh, but you know, how does that balance out with you know what would tell the best story? Like, so like mm-hmm. when I read this, I'm like, oh, I want the whole uh, Obi Wan uh, Satine uh, Maul uh, relationship, you know, and and Maul's take Maul's return and takeover of Mandalore. I bundled that into a mo- you could bundle those with some cutting and pasting into a great movie. I'm like, yeah, but I don't think that's the story of Clone Wars. That's one of my favorite stories in Clone Wars. But I feel like, especially with the way the first uh, movie is set up and the uh, final uh, movie in this version at the end of season seven, it, it really frames the Clone Wars as Ahsoka's story and that question of having uh, Anakin. Was Anakin having a, a Padawan? Is it going to make a difference in a good way, or is it just going to be another attachment for him to lose? But also, just like who is Ahsoka? How does she survive? Uh, and become the Jedi she is meant to be by uh, by going through the Clone Wars. So my mind goes to the gathering of her uh, being right. responsible for all these Padawans. So she's kind of taking this next step of going from uh, a student to uh, looking over students, and I, I love that arc. Um, but I think what I would want to do is the, the Jedi who knew too much arc, the arc where she leaves uh, the Jedi Order, Maybe I, I'm really, really uh, fascinated with that, your idea of interweaving a couple of stories. So, like, I think if you could interweave the uh, fives discovering the chip with mm-hmm. Ahsoka uh, in having to leave the Jedi Order, that mm-hmm. might be perfect because then it really makes it. It's about the clones. It's about Ahsoka. You got uh, Anakin's presence is super important, but it's more about the clones and Ahsoka, which is the way the, the final film feels to me. I oh yeah I think that's I think that's really tasty because it, it could uh, episode two of this trilogy would end with some real real dread and doom right yeah like, it's gone and now there's something going on with this chip like what does this mean going forward yeah that could be great yeah yeah that is a beautifully uh difficult question that makes you really I uh, consider for yourself what do you value most about the Clone Wars and what is really ultimately the story of Clone Wars to different fans. Yeah, I mean, we are forgetting the Rift Tamsin arc, but, you know, maybe not. <laughs> water change. war. It's got to be water war. <laughs> and I think if we asked uh, Lucas, uh, he would say the Mieber Gascon D Squad arc, right? Yeah, just like, oh, it's, uh, it's the movie I gave you guys. Uh, <laughs> the frog guy. It's mm-hmm. got a lot of depth. Uh, like, I don't think 
I think that's George. That's as as it's been stated is George's favorite Clone Wars arc, and I I don't even think he cares to know what Niebuhr's name is. I don't think. <laughs> I, and I honestly think that he both loves that. And I think he also loves uh, just uh, poking the bear and going like, you know what? No, I like the I like the one you guys don't like. Tough. Uh, <laughs> my, my episode seven, eight, nine was just a, it was just a frog and a shrimp <laughs> in a war. Uh, wouldn't that be amazing if we uh, finally saw the notes for Lucas's treatment and it's like, oh, there's a Jedi killer, but then there's a new hope. And also most of this is about Babu Frick. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. Right. Winner, winner. Yes, sometime we will see the Babu Frick arc that was to be seven, eight, and nine. Uh, but for now, that's our questions. Those are our answers. Thank you, Kai. Thank you, Will. Thank you, Radio Rebellion. And thank you, you've all, all great, thoughtful questions. That is it for questions, oh, Ken. Man. Yeah, loved it. Good stuff today. Good stuff today. Hey, if you want to uh, reach out and uh, have uh, a question for us or join the conversation, find us on Twitter, Force Center Pod. Use the hashtag Force Center. We are on Instagram, YouTube. You can like our Facebook page at Four Center Podcast. Podcast available in a lot of spots, including uh, our home, Anchor, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and more. And yes, I am looking in right now to how you get on Amazon Music and Audible. They're starting to open that up to podcasts too. So stay tuned for that. Merch is available at tpublic.com slash user slash Four Center. You can support us at patreon.com slash Four Center. Find a tier best suiting your desires of support, but the top tier gets a, a free set of four center trading cards designed by the great Brian Ward. We have our own things we're working on as well. You can go to kennapsock.com to follow all my adventures, including if you're listening this week, a live comedy show, virtual live will be at the Viper room. Mark Ellis and friends, me and Josh McCuga co-hosting the show. You'll be watching safely at home. Go to Mark Ellis for more information on that. Uh, and uh, Joseph, we always like to uh, highlight some charities that we're uh, both uh, fond of here. I have the charity spotlight tab on my website, but this week I'm uh, highlighting Magic Wheelchair. This was nominated and uh, pointed to to me to, by my friend uh, Michelle Boyd, uh, who does a lot of cosplay at conventions and everything. And so she got plugged into Magic Wheelchair, which is uh, all about uh, giving kids in wheelchairs an unforgettable experience by creating custom costumes for them at no expense to their families. Go to magicwheelchair.org for more information. Joseph, what do you got, sir? Yeah, you can uh, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Joseph Scrimshaw. I will probably continue to post old pictures from Star Wars Celebration because <laughs> <laughs> I only go outside so much to get the new photos. Uh, you can also find all of my other comedy adventures on my website at josephscrimshaw.com. Uh, links to my other podcast, Obsessed, uh, old comedy albums. I uh, recently had the one-year anniversary of the last comedy album I released, which ironically is called Joseph Scrimshaw versus Time. I didn't think of how that would feel as it aged. Uh, <laughs> have to relive that battle constantly. Uh, all of us versus time. Uh, the thing that I would like to highlight uh, this week is this website called uh, Vote Forward. Uh, I've mentioned it before on the podcast. Basically, you just uh, print out some letters, uh, some just straightforward information, and then write a little personal note telling other people why you choose to vote. It doesn't even have to be partisan. It can just be why you think it is important uh, to vote. You send that out to people, and it really does work. They've got a bunch of data to back it up that really encourages that little boost, encourages people to get out the vote, and it just helps voter turnout in general. So that place is called Vote Forward, and the website is vote, and then fwd.org. There you go. Great stuff. We appreciate all of you. 
listening and sharing Star Wars adventures with us. It's an honor every week. So we'll uh, see you next week. Uh, race out and buy yourself those plush Ewoks before me and Joseph take them on. We'll see you next week. This was Force Night. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.